This past Monday, I woke up, along with the rest of the world, to the tragic news of what took place in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I sat on the edge of the bed and, and watched the news as everything started to unfold and and thought about two things. First was, of course, safety while traveling. I mean, I've stayed at Mandalay probably a half a dozen times. I've been to numerous outdoor events and never really gave it a second thought is how vulnerable we can be to a tragedy like that. And the other thing that really made me stop and think for a second was how much technology has changed in the past quarter century. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. First, this is not going to be about gun control or gun legislation. There are plenty of websites and TV channels that cover both sides of that issue. Um, today we're going to talk about you know, a little bit about technology and information and how it's been dispersed, and then a little bit about travel safety. So way back in 1992, I was a baby road warrior, and I was in Atlanta, downtown Atlanta, for a meeting. And uh, we were sitting around a table or something, and somebody looked out the window and noticed several helicopters kind of hovering over downtown Atlanta. And nobody really thought much about it, you know. Way back in 1992, there were no cell phones or smartphones. Twitter hadn't been invented. There was no Snapchat. Um, the internet was in its infancy, so our immediate access to, to news and information was fairly limited. Um, I think the most sophisticated thing I had was a beeper. And at the time, I paid an extra couple bucks a month to have a LCD screen on it so that I could see the number of the person that was calling me, but little else. And so being technology guys, we all came up or devised a series of codes to follow that number so we knew you know, how important it was to return the call. So we go back to our meeting and a few minutes later my, my beeper vibrates and I look down and it's my boss followed by 911. So I excused myself, went and found a phone and called him and uh, he says, I don't know if you're aware of it, but they've just released the verdict in the Rodney King trial. Now, Rodney King was a taxi cab driver that was savagely beaten by the L.A. cops. And the big trial ensued. It was all captured on videotape. And they acquitted the cops. And so he had called to tell me that, and that there were protests slash riots that were kind of breaking out across the country, and one of those areas was Atlanta. So he said, I think it's best you get out of there, get back to your car, get to the hotel, regroup, and let's revisit everything tomorrow and, and see what's going on. So I made my way back to the car and drove to the hotel, turned on the, the TV that night, and uh, realized that I was probably a minute or two ahead of this group of people coming up Poplar and Fairley Streets in downtown Atlanta, turning over cars and uh, breaking out windows. And so it's just it's amazing, 25 years later, how, you know, we now have videotapes of events from several different sources, several different angles. And uh don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's just, it really struck me as to, to how much that we have advanced in just a short 25 years. 
First up is hotel safety. A uh, few hard and fast rules that I have for myself is I book my own rooms. I don't trust anybody else to do it. I want to eyeball where I'm going to be staying, especially if I've never been there before. Um, I try to avoid first floor rooms. Um, just a personal preference. I don't like windows that seem way too easy for somebody to throw something through. And my number one never violate rule is I do not stay in down and out hotels. Uh, and down and out's not a, a descriptor for a hotel with a number in its name. It's for a hotel design. It's where the room to the door opens to an outside breezeway. There's a no interior corridor. I've seen too many episodes of Cops where the film crews at a hotel and no doubt it's a down and out hotel. Now once you check in, one of the first things that you want to do is take your room key and put it in your wallet. Put it in a pocket, do something with it, but get it out of that paper envelope that the hotel gives you. Because by chance, if you lose that envelope and that room key is still in it and somebody finds it, they know the name of the hotel you're staying at, your room number, and they have your room key. So where you're, while you're out wandering where in the world you left your your room key at, they could be in there cleaning you out. A couple common sense things, once you get to the room, you know, make sure you lock the door, check the windows, uh, the same kind of stuff you do at your own home. Uh, but one thing that I do see take place quite often is people decide they want to run down the hall and, and hit up the ice machine or the drink machine. And instead of letting the door close, they throw the deadbolt or swing that bar um, out into the door jam so the door doesn't close all the way 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 too easy for while you're at the drink machine somebody come down the hallway easily open your door clean out your room or grab whatever they can in under five seconds and be gone another tip that i've heard and read about i don't really subscribe to it though is uh, grab a business card for the hotel um, matter of fact grab a couple of them uh, some people say to leave it by your phone, so if you get in an emergency and need to call somebody, you know the address of the uh, hotel. And the other is, if you get totally hammered at the local bar and take an Uber back, it's really easy to give the address to the driver on a business card instead of you trying to remember it. Next up, rental cars. I try to stay away from high-end rental cars. A couple reasons is one, I don't need the uh, bean counters questioning my expense report. And second, I don't really want to draw attention to myself. Um, if I'm going to be a baller, I'm going to do it around uh, my home zip code and not some foreign territory where nobody knows me. Um, a couple other tips with rental cars is don't leave your rental agreement sitting on the front seat. You know, throw it up in the visor or throw it in your laptop bag. Uh, make sure you know where the emergency brake is. Make sure you know where the mirrors are. Things like that. Nor normal things that, uh, that take place in everyday life. And also make sure that the key fob has electronic door locks. Uh, there are still cars in this world that have manual door locks. Um, and finally, of course, make sure that you uh, lock your door as soon as you get in the car. Next up is itineraries, or as I like to say, letting people know where the hell you're at. It's real easy to get caught in the travel loop. You wake up Monday morning, you pack, you're out the door, and before you know it, it's Thursday or Friday and you're back home. And a lot of guys don't talk to anybody at home Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. 
uh, I'm fortunate. I don't have a lot of dinner meetings, so my wife and I usually spend an hour or so on the phone each night talking and kind of getting caught up. But it's real easy for me to get a phone call during the day and, and somebody saying, hey, I need you to be here tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon, and suddenly my priorities shift to canceling reservations and making new ones. And I may be known a time or two to forget to let anybody know what's going on. So we use the application TripIt. The free version works great for this. They have a paid version that keeps track of all your airline points and miles and all that. But uh, the way TripIt works is that it looks at your email account, you grant it access, and it searches the subject lines of incoming emails and finds travel-related terms, Hertz, Delta, Southwest and then has the uh, intelligence behind it to build an itinerary based on those subject lines. And then that itinerary is available for anybody that you share that, that with. So it updates about an hour and a half later. So if suddenly I make a, a change and next thing you know I'm heading to the airport, within an hour or so it's available for her to look in at and see. Another good one we use is Google Calendar. Uh, use this for my team at work as well. It's not quite as exact, but there are a lot of applications that sync from, say, Lotus Notes or Outlook back to a Google Calendar. You can build a calendar for four or five people so that you see their, their scheduled events and they can see yours. Uh, that works real well. And then find my iPhone. Uh, my wife has my password to iTunes and I have hers, so if suddenly I go ghost on her, she can log in to find my iPhone and put in my credentials and get a general idea of where I'm at. And so to kind of wrap this up is I guess the uh, the general thought would be just pay attention. You know, if you're in a new or strange place, take note of where the stairs are because if there's a disaster, the elevator's not going to work. Know where the exit signs are, you know. How did you get to where you were at? Can you tell somebody how to come get you? You know, things can happen any place. My wife works for the school board, and on Tuesday of, of last week, they got hit with a code red. Gunshots out behind the uh, school facility. Boom, instant lockdown. So we've got to all be alert. You know, this isn't a pro-gun, anti-gun situation. This is pro-life, yours. Thanks so much for listening, and do yourself a favor. Check out all the blogs over at HypeOrlando.com. From recipes to Disney, I'm sure you'll find something there you like. <laughs>